Chapter 15 of Clinical Medicine for Nurses by Paul H. Ringer, A.B., M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter 15 Tests of Kidney Efficiency Renal Function Tests Within the last ten years, much light has been shed upon the workings of the organs of our bodies, and methods have been devised to test their working powers or functional efficiency. In no organ has this power been the subject of more investigation than in the kidney, and in the case of no other organ have the results been as satisfactory and as easily practicable for everyday use. Fifteen years ago, if, on a careful urinary examination, the specific gravity was normal, and no albumin, sugar, or casts were found, it was taken for granted that the kidneys were in normal condition. Today, the situation has been complicated by the knowledge that seriously diseased kidneys may secrete a urine by no means proportionately abnormal. This insufficiency of excretion on the part of the kidneys has been made plain by the discovery of the renal function tests. The nurse, of course, will not be called upon to make these tests. Neither is it necessary that she should know their theoretical foundations. The nurse will, however, assuredly care for many patients in whom these tests will be made, and she should, in a general way, appreciate their significance and understand their mode of application in order to more intelligently cooperate with the physician in his work. There are many tests for estimating kidney function, no one of which, alone, can give a complete picture of the working powers of the kidney. Several of these tests are very complicated, require a laboratory expert for their performance, and can never become a routine in general practice. There are, however, two tests that can be performed with great ease, and that give very valuable information as to the functioning power of the kidneys. These two tests are the ones most used by physicians in their practice, and the nurse should be familiar with the modes of procedure. The tests are phenyl sulfone phthalin test, two, specific gravity test, Phenylsulfonethalin test, commonly known as the Thalen test. This test is based upon the ability of the kidney to excrete a certain amount of this particular dye in a given length of time. The technique of performing the test is very simple. There are many slight modifications, the following being sufficiently accurate for general clinical work. Fifteen minutes before making the test, the patient is given 400 cc's of water to drink. Immediately before beginning the test, the bladder is empty. One cc of a 1% solution of phenylsulfonephthalene, a brilliant red dye that is put up in ampules specially for this test, is then injected into the muscles of the back. The patient is given no food or drink, and exactly one hour and ten minutes after receiving the injection, empties the bladder, the entire amount of urine voided being placed in a bottle labeled thus, 
first hour. In exactly one hour more, the bladder is again emptied, and the urine voided is placed in a bottle labeled second hour. The test, as far as the patient is concerned, is then at an end. The urine in the bottle, labeled first hour, is poured into a 1,000 cc graduate, and, irrespective of its amount, water is added up to 1,000 cc. A few drops of 40% sodium hydrate are added, which causes the diluted urine to become pink or red, according to the amount of the dye present. A small portion of the contents of the graduate is then taken and compared with a standard scale in an instrument known as a colorometer, the counterpart of the color of the urine being found on the scale and the percentage of the dye excreted, read off, and recorded. The contents of the bottle, labeled second hour, are similarly dealt with, and the percentage of the dye excreted during the first and second hours are added together. Normal kidneys will excrete from 60 to 80 percent of the dye within two hours. Any percentage below 50 denotes that the kidneys are under-functioning, and when percentages of 35 and less are reached, the patient is in danger of an attack of uremia, even though there may be no symptoms of that condition present. 2. Specific Gravity Test this very simple procedure shows the specific gravity of the urine at various hours during the day, demonstrates the presence or absence of nocturnal polyuria, and sets forth the fact whether the specific gravity of night urine is higher than that of day urine, normal, or whether it is the same, usually abnormal. The nurse can carry out this test for the physician with the greatest ease, the only accessories required being a 500cc graduate and a specific gravity float, uranometer. In cases where very great accuracy is desired, a definite renal test diet is given. This diet has been carefully worked out by Dr. H. O. Mosenthal at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. When this is used, the exact amount of salt given is measured and that not used is deducted from the total. For ordinary clinical purposes, such accuracy is not essential, as it is shown by the following quotation from one of Dr. Mosenthal's articles. Quote, In private practice, it would only be necessary to ask the patient to eat three full meals a day and write down the approximate quantities as one cup of coffee, two slices of toast, two tablespoonfuls of oatmeal, etc. In order to be certain that the diet for the day contained a sufficient quantity of the diuretic materials of ordinary food to make an adequate demand on the kidney to test renal function. It is extremely desirable to insist that, since the food, as found in most households, suffices to carry out these tests, and the procedure is not a complicated one, it need not be confined to hospitals and patients who can afford private nurses. Unquote. Technique of the test. No food or fluid to be given between meals and none between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. Patient empties bladder every two hours. At 8 a.m., 
10 a.m., 12 noon, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., and 8 p.m. If possible, patient is to go from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. without voiding. If this is not possible, all urine voided between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. is to be collected and mixed before taking specific gravity. Every voiding during the day is to be measured and the specific gravity taken and both findings recorded. The following table is taken from Dr. Mosenthal's article and represents the findings in a normal individual. Time of day, 8 to 10. Urine, cc, 153. Specific gravity, 1.016. Time of day, 10 to 12. CCs of urine, 156. Specific gravity, 1.019. 12 to 2. Urine, cc, 194. Specific gravity, 1.012. 2 to 4. Urine, cc, 260. Specific gravity, 1.014. 4 to 6. CC's urine, 114. Specific gravity, 1.020. 6 to 8. Urine CC, 238. Specific gravity, 1.010. Total, day, 1,115 CC's. Night, 8 to 8. 375 CC's specific gravity being 1.020 total 24 hours 1490 cc's of urine to be noted are the variations occurring in the fluid output and in the specific gravity which generally speaking are in inverse ratio i.e the greater the amount of urine the lower the specific gravity the small amount of night urine with high specific gravity. In contrast to the preceding, the following table is shown taken from an advanced case of chronic interstitial nephritis. Time of day, 8 to 10. CCs of urine, 24. Specific gravity, 1.005. 10 to 12. CCs of urine, 196. Specific gravity, 1.006. 12 to 2. CCs urine, 82. Specific gravity, 1.007. 2 to 4. Urine CC, 83. Specific gravity, 1.008. 4 to 6. Urine CC, 0. And 0 specific gravity 6 to 8 urine cc 230 specific gravity 1.008 total day 525 with no specific gravity night 1140 cc's of urine and specific gravity of 1.007 total 24 hours 1665 to be noted are the low specific gravity with but very little variation, so-called fixed specific gravity, 
the small amount of day urine and the large amount of night urine with a low specific gravity. The test is very valuable, and, taken in conjunction with the Thalen test, gives a practical working idea of the functional ability of the kidneys. By means of the routine employment of these tests, improvement, or the reverse, can be closely followed. The possibility of serious development such as acute uremia foreshadowed, and thus nurse and physician kept on their guard. End of chapter 15